What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have a dope, dope queen in the house. Um, she does a lot of awesome things, but I met her through watching her at a comedy show uh, that was held at WeWork Harlem, um, and I'll let her say a little bit more about herself. Soraya, who the fuck are you? Hey. Hey. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Soraya. Um, who the fuck am I? Um, hmm. It's funny, we was running our mouths so much before, and now I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> ugh. Uh, I'm from the Bronx. Yes. I grew up um, in the Bronx and Harlem. Um, I'm a Pisces. I feel like people should know. Like, I'd be wanting people to know that. Yeah. That's that is, important just, information. We're all Pisces like, here today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. I just want, like, I want people to know out the gate that, like, hey, I am into astrology. I like it very much. And if you don't, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you should know this about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's an important part of my identity, I feel. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited to learn that you guys are Pisces as well. Um, what else can I tell you about me? I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian. I. It's hard for me to say sometimes. I'm like, I'm a stand-up comedian and an actress and a blah, blah, blah. Because I don't feel like I act on a ton of projects. Hmm. But that's the goal. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I... Uh, Shit, I can't think. <laughs> so no, that's that's actually so okay. So how did we get to? Because stand up, not everybody is a stand up comic. Although I feel like in the comic world, it does feel like everybody thinks they're a stand up comic. The same mm. way actors in the acting world, it's like everybody's an actor, right? right. Mm-hmm. But like I personally think stand up comedy takes a very specific kind of courage. Um, how do you happen upon stand up comedy? So I okay, that uh, that's a great question. So. I didn't always know that I wanted to perform stand-up. I always knew that I wanted to act, and I always knew I wanted to be a comedic actress because I, I just, I've always been funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt funny, known it, um, and so I felt very confident about that kind of a career path. But I, for many, many, many years, like I'm 33 now, I'm going to be 34, mm-hmm. for, if that, like, if that's something that I knew about myself at maybe like, I want to say 10 then it didn't, not not until it was maybe like um, 29, I think, did I actually really take a chance mm-hmm. on just doing something like, I knew that I wanted to act, I knew that I wanted to do these things for such a long time, and I was so fucking scared. I was mad scared of putting myself out there, and... You know, coming from the hood, uh, I was raised by my mother. There were four of us who she pretty much raised by herself. Um, There was no fucking resources for no acting classes. Like, she didn't know Mm. the first thing about what to do about your child wants to be. Your child knows she's going to be something big. She knows Mm. it. Like, deep down, she knows that shit. But how do you get her on the path so that she can put those things into practice? So, you know... As much as I love my mom, and I feel like she did an amazing job, uh, she's my best friend. She's my biggest supporter. She supports mm-hmm. everything I do. Like, I could mm-hmm. do porn, and my mother would support me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, it might not be what she would choose for me, but she would still support me. Wow. So mm-hmm. she's amazing, but she didn't have those resources. She didn't know. And so for a long time... I just was in that, I don't know how to do this for myself space. And you would see people, oh, why don't you do this? Or why don't you go out for auditions? Why don't you this? Why don't you that? And I'm just like, I don't know how to do those things. Hmm. I don't know how to do those things, and I'm scared. 
So yeah. how do I get there? You know, like I feel like I'm constantly coming from this place of lack. How do I have the confidence to do these things? You know, where yeah. you're going up against kids who, you know, took them to meet agents and bought them headshots and got them acting classes and all this shit. And you and you like you fucking eating ramen and 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 fried chicken sometimes because that's what you can afford. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you going to tell that kid like, "Yeah, why don't you do this?" I don't know the first thing about doing that shit without yeah. money. Yeah. You know? So for a long time it took me I just was scared. I just had to let myself feel it until I got to a place where it was burning inside me like I would I would watch movies and TV shows and see people doing things that I knew like I'm, I know I can do that shit hmm. I know I can and I can be something different than what you see on TV you know yeah and I finally like um, a friend of mine I started taking these uh, improv classes and um, improv let me know that I wanted to be on stage by myself I was just I don't want to share the stage with any motherfucking body <laughs> fuck all y'all because, because in improv a lot of times what happens is you wind up being one of the only persons of color in the class and I'm like you guys don't have any fucking clue you know mm. uh, a lot of things get said a lot of racially insensitive, insensitive shit and um, you can't censor people so you're just dealing with this this otherness mm-hmm. this, this like this looming feeling of otherness and that Taking those improv classes, just it was like, you know what? I have a large personality, but it's not. It doesn't compete with others. Mm-hmm. If you have a very big personality, I'm not going to compete with you to show mine. It's just going to mm-hmm. happen. So either we repel each other, or we, you know, or we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. And with improv, it's like everybody wants to be funny. Everybody yes. wants to be this, and, and it's like so. It's like I don't know how to do this, so I need to do what I know, which is which is just do me. And um, I decided to to pursue stand-up. For years, I had been writing just, like, random-ass notes in this notebook that mm. said, I'm fucking funny. Like, that's the first comedy book I ever wrote. <laughs> I'm fucking funny. And I just would write random notes. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to write jokes. And eventually, a friend of mine who had written a book, she was like, hey, I'm doing this book signing. I'm having, like, an open mic. Will you come perform stand-up comedy? And it was like the... the it was like the trick that I needed to get me to do that mm. because otherwise I don't know how I would have done it on my own, mm. you know? So I went and um, I did maybe like 10 minutes. I had crafted as best a set as I could do, you know? Yeah. And it went great. Mm. <laughs> it went great and it just kept going great. Uh, I'm not saying I don't bomb, but I stepped out the gate decent. Yeah. Decent. And I was I was not surprised at myself. I just felt like... This is where the fuck I'm supposed to be. Mm. So no matter how like nervous I get before a show or whatever, like I don't get as nervous all the time now. But the moment it's like, oh, you know, next comic coming to the stage, Soraya Ortiz. I hear that, I get mm-hmm. on stage, I'm good. Ortiz, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> I don't know. I always get hype when I meet another Ortiz. The same way with you. When you meet another Contreras, you're like, yeah. you get hyped too. Yeah. There's I'm not sorry. many of us, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I don't hear Ortiz I mean, No, other than the funeral home. That's always the joke. With it's us. a large like, part oh, of the joke. That's like my yeah. biggest funeral joke. Home. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad funny because I actually never made that correlation with you, but now I can't unhear that. <laughs> I'm not going to unhear that. But yeah, that sounds... Um, that's taking life by the horns it's Seriously, really yeah. really um at its core um and that's a wonderful way and so you've been doing stand-up comedy for how many years now it's been about four and a half four and a half give or take wow. i, I kind of lose track because i don't keep track mm. i purposely i'm just like you know what 
it, it just is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be like, this is my comedy birthday and I've been doing it for exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. look, I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? 100%. And what's your favorite thing? I mean, like, what's your favorite thing about stand up comedy? What are your favorite sorts of audiences and places to perform at? Mm, I love that question. Um, I, I like to perform at a lot of different kinds of places, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, uh, this could be bittersweet sometimes. I personally love performing for my people the best. Mm-hmm. And when I say my people, I mean uh, black and Latino people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love performing for audiences of people who look like me, who, you know, we don't all think the same, but who think like me, who have come through some of the same things as me. That's where I feel the most at home. And that's generally where I tend to have my best performances because mm-hmm. I can relate um, and they can relate to me. And, and that's where I feel... I tend to feel the most on, but I also really enjoy performing in places that are very, very different from that because, you know, this something that like people of color have that is not universal. Yeah. It's amongst us. Mm -hmm. And when other people see that, it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look at this woman, just confident and shit. Yeah. You know? Yep. And they and they enjoy that about you too. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I don't I don't remember the other part of your question. No, I was just saying like where do you like this? So definitely for your uh, um you know your community, are there specific comedy clubs or places that you like love being at? Um, I'm still, you know, I haven't been in the comedy clubs as much as maybe I feel like I'd like. But by the same token, um. I think that's okay, and I think it'll come in its time. And uh, where I tend to, I, I don't know if I have a specific venue. You know what? I like, I really like performing at Mott Haven Grill. Um, nice, yes. Mm. I performed this so so many times at this point. Shout out to uh, Neon Therapy. Um, that's a really good show that happens every third Tuesday of the month at like seven seven thirty. Mm. Um, I really like that show. I. Oh God, this is like escaping me right now. But there's like a number of places in Harlem that I like to perform at. Nice. Um, there's been some cool spots that I performed at in Brooklyn. Like for the most part, I've been in New York City. Yeah. So I, you know, like travel all around and and do stuff. But um, I think like Harlem and some of these little Bronx spots be. Yeah, I love that you said Mount yeah, right. Bar and Grill. That little area there mm-hmm. with Bronx Native yeah. and yeah. Double Dutch Espresso. That's on where that I live. And, oh, I that's live like right. right, right. Oh no! Wait, let me not tell people that. So in the air, in the general, they're like, we don't general. care about you. What <laughs> the fuck is you? <laughs> Where you live? <laughs> but no, that area I do love. There is a scene there, uh, and I hate saying that. That sounds so like gentry. There's a scene there. <laughs> it's like the uh, scene. this is a scene, but I mean that in in a way of like, oh, for me, like right. there's a scene totally. for us that exists there, um, and I'm really excited to tap into it more because I feel like, like for some reason it's like either you know about it or you don't know about it there's no real in between with these because there's the mm-hmm. people who realize that there's beautiful things happening in the Bronx and then the people who still refuse to believe that that shit will ever touch us and so they're stuck in the East Village you know what I mm-hmm. mean bar hopping mm-hmm. and they won't go to Mount Haven Barn Girl and they won't have brunch at uh, Charlie's or Havana Cafe mm-hmm. or whatever you know what I mean like they won't come to these places right. and I'm really of the mentality where 
I'm wanting to shift that. Like, I want to be in the Bronx. I want to yeah. be here. Mm-hmm. I want people to come to the Bronx. I'm tired of going to fucking Williamsburg right. and shit like that to to experience what, like, and with who. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I get tight every time they don't play, like, some, like, at least one reggaeton yeah. or one shit. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I'm in my and feelings. Then, yeah, and then <laughs> when you actually do end up going to these places in the Bronx and they are playing, like, the right music and they are, like, it is the right vibe and you do feel comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I was at, um... I want to shout out G-Bar for literally everything that you just said. Like, yeah. last night I was at G-Bar right by Hostos College. <laughs> nice. And, you know, they have the pizza shop out in the front, but then they have in the back, it's like a restaurant mm-hmm. and a bar. Oh. And they have a live DJ. And Wait a minute. Like two floors. Yeah. It's called G-Bar, but it's like Gio- Giovanni's. Giovanni's. I'm like, yeah, Giovanni's. Yeah. They look So, like, the me. back is like G-Bar, but then the front is right. like Giovanni's. Oh, yes. Mm. This is lit, like, man. Yo, yo, the pasta, the, pa- the pizza's good. The fucking wings are good. I'm over here. The sangria, the he guys. The pasta. Shout like, out the to G Bar. <laughs> shout out to y'all. Yeah. So that, that, see, a lot of excitement here. Mm. That's what I mean. It's like there's definitely the space. You know, the space is here, and we just have to come. Right. Mm. We just have to come. Anyway, yes. yeah. I didn't mean that to veer off of no. your story. No, I love it. We have people doing stand-up comedy in the Bronx. Like, come to a comedy show in the Bronx. Like, you or, know what I mean? Definitely. They're, they're not, like, in your face in Times Square, like, trying to, like, come <laughs> Oh, we don't come. bark. Yeah, yeah you're young. <laughs> in the Bronx. We're not doing that shit. Yeah. We want real people coming to our shows. Not right. so... Uh, let me not shade uh, the people who... <laughs> Listen. Nothing, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> well, speaking about food, let's start getting into our questions and ask you what your favorite brunch plate is. Um, I'm definitely like, I love waffles. Mm. I love chicken mm. and waffles. Yes. Amy Ruth's, to me, has some of the best chicken and waffles. Um, Solomon and Cuff has really, really good chicken and waffles. Oh, have you had it with the fish? Yes. Ah. The fish is really fucking good. I worked there for a few months. Mm. Um, wasn't the best work experience for me. However, mm. uh, I do like the establishment. The food is really, really good. Their brunch parties are, I mean, that when you took, listen, <laughs> not just the liquor, but like yeah. the atmosphere. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Like I like a brunch where uh, is. <laughs> I like a ratchet ass brunch, you yeah, know, yeah. like motherfuckers dancing in the aisles and shit. Yeah, yep. you know, eating and just like bopping and shit and like that. To the music, yes. not like this like contained kind of well. Yeah, no, that's toity toity fucking. It should feel like a party in the yeah. afternoon, so that you know, yeah, yeah. once I'm in bed by seven p.m., I feel accomplished. Like what? <laughs> yeah. you know, like what <laughs> else? What else do you get to feel this happy? Like fuck, can we have something? The yeah. week is hard. Yeah, work yeah, is hard. Really so I think. Is. I love, love, love chicken and waffles. Yes, chicken and waffles. And then, so then, what are you drinking with that? Um, probably like a Bellini or a mimosa. Ooh, Bellini. all right, let me put you on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned this on the episode before. Me and my friend Haley have the perfect Bellini ingredients, Ooh. right? You got a bottle of Prosecco. Wait, let me write this down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you get a bottle of Prosecco. Okay. And then you get, like, one of these things. Like the like a peach orchard whatever okay. type mix. I right now I'm drinking Twister, peach orchard punch. I love how we're advertising. It. <laughs> <laughs> Drop a can of bitch. And then you get. When the last time somebody shouted out Drop a can? Can we please show them some love? <laughs> My bad, y'all. <laughs> y'all know y'all be making them juice. <laughs> Grape shit. Yes, <laughs> Ain't no yo. grape never tasted like that. Yo. But it's still good. Delicious. We love you, Tropicana. <laughs> Sponsor. And then you get yourself like a like this size of vodka, right? Like peach vodka, New Amsterdam is okay. good. Okay. 
And yeah, whole bottle of Prosecco, whole bottle of vodka, and like a, a splash of that peach orchard shit. Just a splash. <laughs> we don't want to dilute the alcohol. <laughs> Juice in my alcohol. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, no, no, I don't have you lit on a on a good brunch day. Shocking that uh, the Pisces know about the best way to get drunk. Right? That's what we're known for. Y'all know that, right? I did not know that. For drugs and alcohol. Yo. Those are the Pisces vices, like uh, like gambling, mm. drugs, and alcohol. Mm. That's huh. our shit. Yeah, well, I love that. Like, so Rihanna's a Pisces, mm-hmm. and I always now that you say that, I think back about of that video month of. She was on some European TV show, you know, those funny British dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he created like a montage of pictures of Rihanna always leaving a hotel or club with a glass in her hand. Really? Like she always oh, has like a, a glass. Bottle. She would take like, a bottle. Sometimes she'll right? have a bottle. Oh, no, sometimes no, no, she'll have right. like, 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 it's like a bunch of like pictures of her walking right. out of hotels and stuff, but and like, not glass like pla- in hand. not like plastic shit. Nah, nah, like wine glasses. Like wine. they're fine china yeah. and crystal and shit. <laughs> and she's sitting there like, <laughs> Rihanna wait, fucking no, stealing. Wait, wait, that was mine. Wait, I brought, she, at one point she was like, I brought that to the club. I brought that with me. So I was taking it back. She travels with a chalice at all times. This is my chalice. Thank you. I love that. Mm. So what was it like going out to eat when you were a kid? Um, I loved going out to eat, like with my parents. Um, my mother my mother had certain places that she really liked going to, and then my dad had places that he kind of exposed me, um, me and my older brother to. He and I have the same father. Um, I loved going out to eat with them. Like, um, It just was fun because both my parents are fun. Uh, I don't have the best relationship with my dad, but there's no denying that he is a very, very funny, ridiculous individual. Um, and he knows how to have a good time. He's very cultured. He's a Libra. Um, you know, he knows about shit. <laughs> so right. that just, it, it was always a good time. My mom is really silly and loving. And um, going out with them was just fun. Like we would play. Yeah. Mostly just play. Like even during dinner. You know, it's like we have our little jokes and stuff. It felt good as a kid, you know, because, you know, maybe everybody didn't even necessarily get to experience things like that. Right. But just like that feeling of like being young and going out somewhere and interacting with people and, you know, just eating different kinds of things and being waited on and stuff like that. I feel like it's important and it was it was special. Yeah. Awesome. And so what is your favorite bochinche to talk about over a meal? What is a bochinche? Oh, like, like gossip. gossip. Oh, mm-hmm. mm, definitely, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that, that, that. Yes. that is our answer. That is our answer as well. Um, and we might be talking about a little bit about that later yeah. when we talk about Joe Scott. <laughs> 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 All right, so now we're going to move into our Cheers to the Ladies Who, where we shout out uh, people that are doing dope shit. Ooh. First of all, uh, Skittles and I went to the Uptown Colmado last weekend um, yes. and they were promoting the De Lo Mio uh, Air Force Ones that are coming out, the Dominican Air Force Ones. Mm. First of all, the party was lit. It was very fun. I was, I very was only there for it, a little bit. Yeah, I was going like, to say, yeah, yeah. it ended Where way too this? early in La Marina. They had it at La Marina. Wow. It was yeah. my first time there, actually. Mine too. Um, and I don't know why I always had this whole thing of like, nah, that's one of those spots that everybody mm-hmm. goes to. It's too, mm-hmm. right, it's too right, popular. Right. I'm never going to go there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and actually, yeah, so 
surprisingly, I really liked it. I really wow. enjoyed it there. I've never been um, either. Yeah, I would go back for okay. sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, they had the little colmado set up, like real Dominican style. Like mm-hmm. they made it look like it was made of tin and mm-hmm. they had like the signs were painted onto the structure. It was just really, really dope. Um, and I felt proud. I had mm. a really weird moment of like, whoa, once upon a time, I used to feel really angry and frustrated because I felt that Dominicans had zero visibility wow. here in New York City. Like, and I always felt I always had envy towards Boricuas because I was mm-hmm. always like, oh, like you guys get have the, <laughs> the good parade, and you mm. guys are just like your flags are everywhere, and you guys have mm. the rappers, right. like you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> the, the Boricuas, <laughs> they got the rappers. <laughs> Yo, y'all got to step y'all game up, b. <laughs> and I would be so, and I'm from the Bronx, and like you know, the Bronx is Boricua Central. Right, like, there's so many. Boricuas was here and it was Ooh. hard and mind you my my uh grandmother uh was half boricua um mm. but raised in dominican republic so i do have boricua like heritage but i, I was raised my parents were right. raised in dominican republic like right. very dominican upbringing so uh mm. you know anyway i say that to say the moment felt really fucking rewarding to mm-hmm. just be in a room full of dominican people who look like regular ass motherfuckers too who definitely walk around the heights like nothing and are doing amazing things for our culture right uh, mm-hmm. the peralta project apartment 78 like just really really dope groups that are getting shit done so mm-hmm. i wanted to shout them out another shout out uh for kicks uh for the city so kicks for the, for the city is an organization that collects shoes to give to uh, you know poor, less fortunate populations homeless populations or people who like live in housing projects things like that and um we were able to host their like we hosted a box for them and we hosted a rap party for them so mm-hmm. they literally brought all these shoes that they collected they had them at uh, we were carlin we were Bryan park and bronx native also had a box um, and so they had all the shoes, they were cleaning them, sorting them. And it was just this really awesome group of young, energetic people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me really, I, I, t- I had a moment of just like, wow, like, look at us, look at us go and getting shit done. And, mm-hmm. you know, you always grow or for me, like growing up in the South Bronx, I was always on the receiving end of mm-hmm. those types of things that nonprofits did. And it was always white people right. coming to save us. Um, so it was just so nice to see that it was like our community giving back because we have people who made it and they're able to do that. They're able to organize these awesome things. So uh, I wanted to shout them out. Another shout out I wanted to give. So the National Book Awards uh, were this were this uh, past week, and there were three Latina women who got really really important awards. The first one, and yes, because she's Dominican and she's from the South Bronx, she's Afro Latina, and her book speaks to my soul. So Elizabeth Acevedo, Acevedo, um, and she's a Dominican American poet who won the Young People's <coughs> Literature Award for her book The Poet X. And so the book follows a young Afro Latina girl who you know starts to rebel against her very religious household here in the in the Bronx um, and it's a beautiful mm. it's it's for adolescents and it's this mm. beautiful book and it's everything that I wish I had when I was that age mm-hmm. and it was all the ways in which I as a writer you know could have only hoped to have been expressing myself as mm-hmm. at that age and so I was so happy to see that she won you know um, and then we also had is Isabel Allende who accepted a Lifetime oh. Achievement Award. Uh, so you, yeah, you know her work, yeah. Yes. Um, and you know she's written over twenty works in the past forty years. Like wow. you know what I mean? She's, oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, she's out here. Um, and in her speech, she said that she was ex- accepting the award on behalf of millions of people like herself who have come to this country in search for a new life. Um, and we also had. Um, 
uh, Sigrid Nunez. Uh, she won for her book, The Friend, which is a fiction book, and she won the prestigious fiction award for that wow. book. So killing it out here yes. at these book awards. We need to read more. And Skittles, yeah. Yeah. so... All right, so now we're getting into a little bit of pop culture. Apparently, Mariah Carey met Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. took a picture, said that meeting him was um, meeting. She thinks that he uh, was an honor. That meeting him was an honor, and now her white fans are like upset. Oh, no, like they're mad. Mm. <laughs> I guess they forgot she's black. Yeah, no. like <laughs> no one gives a good goddamn. Yeah, I just thought that was like. Something Fuck funny y'all. that I saw in my timeline that was like, oh, um, hilarious! Oh, white people mad again. <laughs> they don't yeah. stop getting mad. Um, another thing that I wanted to shout out was that there's the largest U.S. Frida Kahlo exhibit in ten years opening at the Brooklyn Museum. Yes. Why do you get all the good exhibits? Yeah, <laughs> I don't Brooklyn know. Stays getting they'll, yeah, I've never they're popping. Been to the I guess right now. I've never been there either, but yeah. You I've know, been I several was, times. I saw the David Bowie. I was going to say, I've only been there for the David Bowie, which I thought was fucking phenomenal because mm. I love David Bowie. But um, yeah, this Yeah, must definitely see. must get out there to see this one. I also wanted to shout out our girl Cardi B. You know, we can't go an episode without mentioning Cardi B. She launched her Fashion Nova line mm-hmm. and it sold out within hours. Wow. Um, I also thought it was funny because she had a launch party in LA, which our girl Julissa was at. Julissa Calderon yes, was yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, at the party, uh, in attendance was Iggy Azalea and <laughs> that, <laughs> and the and the Doctor Oz girl, uh-huh. the Cash Me Outside girl. And so apparently, the Doctor Oz girl is like a rapper now. <laughs> And Iggy Azalea was apparently talking shit about her on Instagram. And so the Dr. Oz girl goes and throws water at Iggy Azalea. And so I just, I wanted to shout this out because I thought Iggy, I thought, I thought Iggy, you know, for all of, for all of Iggy's career, I have like disliked her, Mm -hmm. but I thought Iggy handled it very well. She ended up leaving and being like, she's a child. Like what I look like, like she handled it exactly the way she should have handled it. But also, this girl is 15. Why is she at a club? Right. Like, why are you there, These period? These grown-ass people. Yeah. And, like, I watched a video of her reaction, and she was like, I'm not that bitch. And I immediately got that, like, teacher feeling of, like, oh, my God, this is a 15-year-old that I wish I could smack, but I can't smack because right. I don't want to lose my job. Mm. But, like, but they somebody- think they know everything, but they don't know everything. Mm. Somebody needs <sighs> to tell this young lady. You know, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe this isn't right for me to say because I don't know her life experience. I don't know where she was raised. Mm-hmm. But somebody needs to break it to this young woman that, like, honey, you are, um, you are not black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're not a person of color. Mm-hmm. You ain't hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop. Like, just like, just be you. Be a young lady. You know, if you want to rap, rap. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but <laughs> stop trying to co-opt. <laughs> yeah. And people just often try to say, like, oh, you know, like, being poor or poverty in America does not, like, you know, coincide with, like, hip-hop culture. And, like, yes, you can be white and poor, but, like, if you are co-opting that right. very black experience, and mm-hmm. hip-hop is the way that the black experience gets to express things like their poverty, then, like, yes, you're choosing you're, to include yourself right. in something that is cultural. Exactly. Whether you like it or not. And you're, you're appropriating it. And also, also the, you know, like... This is going to be a difficult thought for me to articulate because I'm really high right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
but like if that's see I have a big 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 fucking problem with white people who um, well in general but I have a big problem with white people um, or maybe some like you know like non, non-black uh, white passing like Latinos right and stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with people thinking that like it's okay one for you to appropriate for you to for you to co-opt but like this is what this is how you view blackness Yes, this 100%. is and this is the only way that you view blackness. So when you decide to become a character, like you're a caricature of what you think blackness is, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's not to say that there aren't like, yeah, I have my ratchet ways. I have, you know, like I have all kinds of ways because I'm a multi-dimensional human being. So a lot of times these people they're not they're not like when they come up in these areas or you know they want to do certain things. That's the first thing they go to is the stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 really typical shit, you know. And it's like. Even even most of us who did come up in the hood, like that's not all there is to us, Mm-mm. you know. So it's just like I just I find that shit so fucking offensive. I find yeah. it so offensive and just so corny. And I'm just like, how can you guys be so lacking in awareness and integrity mm-hmm. that this is where you go every single fucking time? But you're not hood, sweetheart. You're not hood, and you're not black. Yeah, and um, watching videos of you is like nails <laughs> on a chalkboard. Honestly, <laughs> I get like my inner the teacher comes out. It's like, yeah, right. Because it I, seems like rebellion without a cause. It feels like she has this like rebellious nature that is just for no reason. They're like, yeah, why? Like, <laughs> you was on Doctor Oz. You would have gotten your little chunk. Like, I I get like making a fifteen minutes like stretch. I guess it's also my issue with the music industry of like pushing these like out of nowhere artists. Right. Like you go, you're a viral star. You're a viral star who had never thought of doing music in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you all of a sudden have like a mixtape and an album out. And like for people like me who have like studied music, you know, like have dedicated our lives to it, you know, we're sitting here like this bitch, you know? Right. It's crazy. It's not right. Uh, it's not right at all. Um, um, so, also, we had... I, I also read this article about the yes, lady. Yes, yes, yes. Yo, this lady was crazy. <laughs> Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so, no, basically, <laughs> this woman um, is at the altar, and instead of reading her vows, she read uh, the text messages in which she caught her, hus- her fiancé mm. cheating. Yeah. Um, it was basically like, you know... Today there will not be a, w- a wedding. Instead, this will be like a celebration of truth and honesty. Yep. Shit. And just called the nigga out. And he ran off. His best man ran off after him. Yep. <laughs> and they like, still have the reception and everything. Like, way to, way to, like, way to, like, really just, yes. like, be like, I still paid for this shit. Because. That's an open bar. I was literally about to say. You know my miserable ass is about to just be getting drunk and lit for however long until my friends snap me out of it. Right. Right? So I might as well start with the shit I paid for that I (laughs) thought I was going to be drinking because Mm. I was going to be marrying this motherfucker. I would love to know her Zodiac sign. Yeah, right. Oh, Bitch, what are you? <laughs> at us. <laughs> Get in touch with us, please. I just, you know, it really, for me, spoke to that. Like, yes, it seemed very movie and, like, dramatic, but it really, to me, speaks to what I feel is a lack of being able to silence women when they are going to speak out and be like, fuck 
you. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. You think I'm crazy for doing No, fuck you for cheating on me and comparing me to, you know, to like telling the girl, oh, like my wife doesn't do it like you mm-hmm. and shit like that. How dare you have the selfishness? You know what I mean? To That's ha- always to the narrative too. And, yeah. it's, and it's bullshit. It's, it's total bullshit. bullshit. They whack. They're whack. And these side bitches are probably the one bringing the spice into that sex. He's probably not shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like... And then mm-hmm. they'll turn around and do the same thing to the side chick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because he'll be like, whoa, what'd you think? You were the side to begin with, so. Yes. Now, speaking about women taking on empowering roles. Um, <laughs> Somebody got to shout them out. Yes. 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 We've all been one at one point. Sure. I, I mean, know I was. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> reluctantly but also not reluctantly all the time yeah. <laughs> you know you just gotta know what you're getting yourself into and yeah. then call it for what it, it is, is honestly right. um, speaking about women who are taking on powerful roles I just wanted to shout out this song called Love a Girl Right by Little Mix it's this British girl group who has not like gotten great fame here in the US but mm-hmm. you know they could all sing their asses off um they took Cisco's thong song and rewrote, like, they, they didn't rewrite it. They sampled it, but just, like, created this completely new product that is uh, an empowering song for women talking, talking to a man about how he needs to treat a woman right. Um, and I just, I wanted to shout it out because not only, I just think it's so clever musically, lyrically, um, there's just key things that they did melodically and lyrically that are just, like, so... Yeah fucking like cool it's called it's called um it's called love a girl right by little mix um and i just thought that it's a form of sampling that we don't see often and it is truly transformative and it deserves a shout out so go listen to it if you want a good girl anthem it's popping so Jim Acosta, uh cnn chief uh white house correspondent got his press back press pass back um long story short i don't even want to spend too much time i'm just glad that he got it back i knew he was going to get it back i knew that this whole shit was a little stunt um you know on the trump administration's part to just show a flex of power right um but it is to be noted that that is a very very specific flex of power and though it may not seem like it's a big deal that he took away a press person's pass they want to silence us yes Yes. And the way, I mean, like, the way that Sarah fucking Huckabee was able to use the the sped up version of the video where the girl is going yanking the mic away from um, Jim Acosta, which made it look like he bumped her, her arm. And even in the sped up version, it still does not look like this man is in any way touching or attacking this woman. But they tried mm. to make it ever so slightly more aggressive looking by speeding it up. And they were able to use a manipulated image. Like that is what the White House of you know the United States of America said, hey, this is what happened. How can they so egregiously lie in front of people? Like, like it is so egregious. It's it's almost like dealing with a child that you know you're like, hey, did you just did you, you know, take mommy's makeup? Right. And, no. no. Meanwhile, and they got makeup all over, all over the place. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> nah. And it's just like, how are we? Like, how have we not revolted? How are we not in a full out war right now? Like, and not that I want that. I do not want that. And I think that might be the only thing we're not in that place is because no one actually wants a mm-hmm. bloodbath over because it shouldn't have to be that. There's but st- I think that might be. I'm. A, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like, Ooh, I am ready. I, ha- <laughs> I am ready for it. If that's what's coming. 
coming, I ain't ready for Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> a while back, I sent out this tweet, and I was like, ew. I was like, black people, y'all ready? What y'all doing? How y'all getting in shape for the race war? What we, yeah. <laughs> what we doing? We, we hitting our push-ups? What's, uh, we weightlifting? What's up? We focusing on strength, cardio? Here. Mm. Listen, I can't run two blocks without losing my I don't know how. <laughs> Listen, I just don't know how it's Shit. not shaping up. To be that, to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. a race war, and mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's going to be as simple as uh, white and black, right? But it's but like these power structures have to end, and they yes. can't end by the way that our justice system is set up because our justice system is set up to exclude us. So that has to be overthrown. Yes, a hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. And and no, no, you can't overthrow without. I don't think you can overthrow without violence. Yeah. And 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 their attempts at trying to make us feel like, oh, this is not how we handle things, that's just that's just trying to silence. That's just trying to make us docile. It's not it's not rooted in truth because that's how they've taken over things. Yeah. Is by brute force. Yeah. So that's really the only way to accomplish something. Yeah. Oh girl, don't I know it, but R and I terrified <laughs> for that shit. I'm terrified too. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. And Jaden Smith says that Tyler the Creator is his boyfriend. Which is totally I cool. I really think unless... that it's not true, though. But... I really think that it's just two straight boys being like, yo, that's my boyfriend. And I can't tell what it is. And I was going to say, and I think that that is where I'm sort of like, if it's true and if you two dudes, like, you know, feel comfortable coming out now. And it feels weird because I feel like they project themselves in such a... Uh... Like, yeah, like, you know, everything is everything. And right. it, it's not based off of anything. I can anything. be myself. Yeah, which is, like, great. But I can't tell. At what point is the line mocking or, like, sort mm-hmm. of, like, hopping onto a trend as opposed to, like, honestly it, having an experience that is an honest, like, wow, yeah. I'm actually have feelings for this very specific man. It doesn't mean that, you know, that they, like, they might just love each other and that might be real. But then yeah. Tyler's like, ah, oh, you crazy nigga. And it's like, what what does that mean? But then Tyler also maybe came out in his last album like there's all this obscurity and so to me it's like if what they're trying to say is that we're allowed to be who we are and like fuck opinions about it then can you just be clear right you know what i mean like and i get that no one should be forced to but you're choosing to make it public because you're choosing to make it public and thus why are you choosing to make it public in a way that's so obscure so like what is the goal behind the obscurity Mm -hmm. because if you want to stand here and say hey young men who like identify with us you can come forward and be who you are like then make that statement like that's dope why are you dancing the line of the statement just make the fucking statement. Yeah, yeah. So Understood. you know, it's just, and if it's yeah. not that, then it then then that's not then cute. Don't do that. And that's, yeah. yeah, and this is not a like people's mm-hmm. you know gender identity and how they who they choose to love is not a game because people literally get killed for that right. shit. So like you can't yeah. use that to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, I I put it as a like cheers because if it's true, like great. Yeah, if it's not, but if it's not, don't. Don't do that shit. Right, I don't right. like it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and now we're going to move into our Tuta Loca <laughs> Es, where we call motherfuckers out for doing the most. Um, well, this, you know, just wanted to say rest in peace to Kim Porter and to Stan Lee, who passed away this week. Uh, Kim Porter's death is concerning uh, because she had pneumonia for a while. Um, and I was reading an article today, actually, that was saying, you know, they're questioning how attentive the doctors were. Um, and it's another case of like black women not getting right. medical treatment in a way that's equal to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hate for that to be the case. You know, like I want so badly for that to just be us, somebody like hyping that fact up. Right. Um, and not that sh- this woman just was not handled with the proper care. Well, somebody, um, somebody, um, made a point online to say that, you know, <clears throat> we, 
we pay attention to these things when it happens to uh, celebrity women, but this is something that happens to, to women of color all the time, mm-hmm. specifically black women. Like this, this is what happens. Yeah. So it shouldn't be that just because you know something happens to a celebrity. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from these women. I'm not trying to shade Kim or anybody else. But what's being said is that it, it, it like, it's already an issue. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And it's an issue that reaches their circle of influence and doesn't just live with us. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <sighs> you and know. That's that's what's yeah. really scary for yeah. a lot of people is because if you're if you're already kind of like financially or or you know socially at the bottom, mm-hmm. well then shit. It's like when do you like what we're being told? Oh well, you need more status in this world. You need more money. You need more this. Okay. Well now I have all those things and I still right. I still it's like well shit. That's that's very sobering for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And. Um, this is a different note, but this snow that fell this weekend, Yo. <laughs> and that it took me two hours to the get city was home not on the train, mm-hmm. just like re- like literally was just sitting for two hours, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why? I'm literally a forty minute ride <laughs> with, and that's with train traffic. It takes right. me forty minutes to right. get to where I was going. So, I, it's so interesting to me because like sometimes they overhype storms, and they've done that so much that New Yorkers are jaded. Because no right. lie, mad people were caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even me, like when I had come downstairs again, maybe around five p.m. an hour before leaving, I was like, "Damn, this shit stuck to the floor." Right, like this it's, shit ain't, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. real yeah. out here. This is real snow. Yeah, right. it's like real snow. Um, and no plows, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Word. Tons of, no like way. people were stuck. I have a friend who got out of work All at two thirty. That slush. I was so I was so concerned yes. for just like you know like. Young people, elderly people. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, damn. There were children stuck on school buses. Right. For hours yeah. and hours, from yeah. like 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Wow. Like, yeah, with no bathroom breaks, no food. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Um, what the fuck, New York City? Like, you know what I mean? crazy. Just didn't make sense to me. And I was just like, wow, so we're really not prepared. Like, okay, if we underestimate a storm, so we really don't have an accurate enough backup plan that we could have avoided that shit. Mm. Like, it just... I don't know. I don't know if it was the meteorologist. I don't know if it was the city making the wrong call. But right. somebody fucked up. Somebody fucked up. Someone fucked up, yo. Real bad. Yeah. Yo, y'all got to plan out your snowstorms next time. Word. Mm. Motherfuckers <laughs> couldn't even make it to the Netflix and chill appointments because it was taking forever. Like, they nobody. It was Snows a useless, it was a useless yeah. fucking snow. And then we all had to go to work the, the next, next day, day anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-uh. It was messed up. Yeah. Well... Talking about people who are crazy, it seems that Jennifer Lopez is trying to bring back the 2000s trend of the whale tail, mm. where you wear your no, thong showing out no. of your pants. Azealia wore an outfit recently that w- that had that. Why? And one of her, yeah, I, actually, I this week in Brazil, to... she performed in Brazil. She had like a jean pant thing that was like the thong pants thing. Yeah. Why? It's a of thing. Of all the trends to bring back, right? There's right? so many good ones. There's so many good ones, and then like. The early 2000s was a specific time. Very specific time. And there are very bad things that should not come back from the early 2000s. That is one of them. It's it's interesting to me because oh my God. where like, like now I understand how like adults like long t shirts shouldn't come back Those yeah stupid with the t-shirt. ass fucking nightgown yeah. t shirts oh my God abolish them shits I they used to have them in, in all those colors Ugh. I used to have them in like red white black uh uh-uh. uh yeah. 
So, you know, it's interesting to me because there's a lot of fashion that does come back often and we don't like question it. And I wonder if we at some point we'll have to accept that, you know, girls are just going to have their thongs out and Probably. like that these things are going to just come no. back. I mean, look at <laughs> those stupid ass cutoff. I'm sorry. I am not a proponent of these fucking cutoff shorts where you can see like the under cheek of the butt. Oh. I hate those shit so much. Even if a woman has a nice ass, it looks stupid in those fucking shorts. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's, yeah. that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I don't care what your ass looks like. And it's always these droopy fucking watery ass white girls <laughs> walking around. And I'm just like, why? Why? Why do I need to yeah. see this? Yeah. No, I I understand. Oops, I'm body shaming. Sorry. <laughs> it's not generally what I do. Yeah. But, um, but I hate it. I hate that fucking trend. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Like, I'm all, listen, show your body, but please not in that way. Like, show ass. Show ass. But coming out the bottom of some fucking cut on, it just, it looks fucking stupid and I hate yeah. it. Mm. I hate it. And I don't think that trend is going anywhere for it's a not. long oh. time. Oh, 100%. It's not. It's not going yeah. anywhere. <laughs> all right. And now on a bit of a more serious note. Um, so we all know that uh, these past couple weeks, uh, we've been talking about a black man who got shot for doing his job as a security guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he has a name. So uh, Jamel Robertson. Um but it's almost like, for me, I, I always like to simplify it to black person killed for doing blank, right? And and it's, yeah, for doing his job, like, do, actually not even just, just doing it, going above black. and beyond. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then and going above and beyond and then being black in the moment where, you know, help was supposed to come. He right. was black. And so he was the target. Right. Um, I think it's just for being black. I think, yeah. um, I think a lot of people... You know, I, I definitely won't say all, but I think there are a lot of really evil, vile, sinister people in this world and in, in our country in particular who they've found a loophole um, and they've always had the loophole. They they want to be able to kill black people at will and yeah. they figured out ways to do it. And yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. And when people ask like, oh, but why why don't the police officers get more sensitivity training? They're not insensitive. They want to kill you. Right. I think. Yeah. And they find every excuse to be able to do that. They're not, you know, like they're not afraid of you in those moments. They're afraid of black people in general. Yeah. And and that's that's really all they need. Mm-hmm. All they need is their their hatred and their insecurity. They're deeply seated, just like self-hatred. That's all they need. Yeah. And they and they weapon they have weaponized black skin. And so, you know, you have these situations where these things happen and people are always like, Why? Why? You know fucking why. Yeah. Because yeah. they want to. Because right. they want to do it. Yeah. 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 And that's I, the only reason. And it and it goes into and this is our next thing, voter suppression, right? So mm-hmm. like either they're physically killing us or they're killing our ability to do things to you know, take power back and take control over our lives. What happened in Georgia, what happened in Florida is terrible. So at this point now, Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum both have had to concede again. Um, and mm. we know, like, it's just blatant voter suppression. I'm sorry, there was an entire polling site that couldn't get up and running and people were waiting for almost two hours because they didn't have power strips and they were in, in, in an entire school. You mean to tell me there was not one power strip in that whole school that they couldn't go wow. into a classroom and pull a power strip? Right. That is a lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. again, going back to dealing with children, it is like they have the, the fucking makeup all over their face, but they refuse to say that they were playing with mommy's makeup. Right. And it's it's egregious and it's insulting. They insult my intelligence as a human being in this earth that I can watch a news report and have to sit and accept that, that that is the truth of what happened. That is not true. Right. Um, and who who 
gets held accountable to to the lie. It, it's almost it feels like there's no one to hold accountable, and it's and it's disgusting. And you know, Stacey Abrams in her speech, she did say she was conceding, but not like you know, but she is not saying that this was won without voter suppression. Like she's mm-hmm. very clearly stated that I am losing, mm-hmm. and it's not even about me winning or losing. It's about you know the community and the right. community's right to have had those votes counted, whether or not I won I won or not. But the votes were not counted. Right. And the voting couldn't, ha- like, literally was stopped before it could happen for some. And that is a fucking problem. Right. Um, and we are really gearing up for a race war. Yeah. How it, can we not? It's just, it's just what it is. They won't, they don't play fair. We keep trying to play by their rules and they keep changing them. Like, I was reading yesterday, I just I just happened to read it. I was reading uh, Willie Lynch. Mm. Um, his essay or his speech rather that he gave about how to, um, I don't remember the exact title of the, of the piece, but it was basically like how to, how to break a slave, how to, you know, keep slaves, how to sustain slavery, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, the, the message, the methods that they have to use. I think what, what, what is the, what we're seeing now is they're, um, that's breaking apart. Mm. It's it's, and they're trying to hold to power in any ways that they can. But we don't still. It's like we still have the mentality, but we don't have the mentality. Right. The problem I think that we, and even for myself, there's still so much fear. Yes. There's fear. There's just wanting to live your life. There's not wanting to die on the cross of some fucking cause. Because it's just like I don't want to mm-hmm. fucking die. I'm a stand-up comedian. Like I want to be a comedian. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like right. Uh, that's what I want to do. I don't want to. I don't want to die for some fucking cause. Yeah. And I think a lot of us feel that way. And there's nothing wrong with it. But, but um, that's the thing. It's like we're afraid to take certain actions. Yeah. You know, like when you think about even the Black Panther Party, they were not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. They literally had the FBI. That's come why in and have to dismantle. They them. had to dismantle right. it. They had to call it. They had to call it a terrorist organization and all this other shit, um, because. They were, it's, it's like you had these people who are, like, they've broken free from the matrix, I guess. And it's just like, nah, we got, are we going to fight? And we might die, but this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I think that's what they're, they're definitely afraid of that happening again. Um, we all don't want it to come to that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want it to come to that, but that might be, that might very well be what it is Where coming to. Yeah. And then in other news, you know, Victoria's Secret uh, CEO, oh, Jan no. Singer, um, you know, had to step down after this huge PR crisis over the transphobic remarks, uh, you know, made by another executive. And I mean, duh. I, I've oh, I've never identified with Victoria's Secret. Like when people would, I actually would feel insulted sometimes. And like, with, I mean, this with all the love in the world. But when people would gift me Victoria's Secret sprays and stuff, because I'm like, oh, great, because there's <laughs> nothing in that space for me. So literally, the only thing that you can do to engage me with this brand that you want me to feel like I'm a part of something sexy is for me to smell nice and not actually wear the thong or the like bra thing. Right. I I can't look sexy in their stuff. You know what I mean? Always felt like the ultimate message. Um, and so to me it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that the way in which they're trying to define beauty is still very much stuck in that mentality um, and it's not inclusive. I mean even when oh, yeah. when on a racial <laughs> level it's not very much no. inclusive. No, no. I didn't I didn't foresee him being Oh, we have inclusive. Brazilians. Yeah, right. you got the whitest fucking so, Brazilians. Exactly. Yeah. You know. <sighs> so, you know, I don't know Skittles if you had read that article and, I did. Yeah. I actually saw comments like uh, from Gigi Gorgeous who's like a huge trans YouTuber. Um, talking about how 
Gigi Gorgeous is like literally the quintessential like tall, blonde, blue-eyed, mm-hmm. white, like, tra- but she's trans. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying how, like, she couldn't wait to put Victoria's Secret on when she began her transition, but mm-hmm. now she's like, nah, I'm throwing all my shit out because you don't actually support my community. And right. I guess you about to buy some Savage X yeah. But I would mm-hmm. not, but I really would not be surprised if, like, from this stepping down, and then they get like their new CEO, and then like Gigi Gorgeous is the person who they choose the trans <laughs> person that they put on the runway right. because she's like the the tall, skinny, blonde mm, one, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and which is still promoting the same <laughs> stereotypes, but it's just now inclusive of everybody identify who identifies yeah. as a woman being on the runway, right? Um, which is great, which will be a wonderful, beautiful moment, but will mm-hmm. still not necessarily mean shit for women of color, right? Uh, same same as a uh, same as uh, all the wins that Caitlyn Jenner has seen. Oh, mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how is this not just like white male privilege? How is yeah. this not yeah. just that? And, yeah. and I know it, it literally, isn't just that. I, no, but the thing about it is that like, as sad as it is, as a gay man who, and who's part of the LGBT community and all that stuff, when when Caitlyn Jenner came out as Caitlyn Jenner, it right. seemed yeah. because of the family that that she's coming from, it seemed like a pub, like like literally we have run out of all our fucking daughters to put out sex tapes let's let's have you you should right. come out as trans <laughs> like you know like this is the next pr thing that we're gonna do mm. and then we're gonna take kanye and turn him crazy and like that's the next pr like everything kardashian seems like a pr ploy for yeah. me right like, yeah oof. agreed <laughs> all right so now let's move into our main topic navigating male dominant spaces so Soraya I um, had mentioned you know I'm, I'm not a comic myself I do know some comics and I just always feel like when I'm in settings and if I'm like standing next to someone who's about to perform and just I'm observing their like you know prep there's always I feel like so many men that seem to be like taking charge or dictating how the space works Um, and not very many women. And oftentimes if there is a woman included, it's a woman who doesn't seem to be intimidating to them Mm. or someone who they don't necessarily find attractive or someone who they identify as lesbian. And so like, you know what I mean? Like safe women are good, but like, strong-headed, like, females, especially when you have these people who are putting together spots who are, like, white dudes, you know, in these, like, maybe, like, I don't want to say fancier or not fancier, but certain comedy clubs where it's like, oh, well, that's their space. They dominate it. And depending on the kind of woman you are, that's how it'll run. So that's just one uh, male-dominant space. But, like, for me, for instance, like, in working for a company like we work in sales, there's all these like mavericks and these dudes who like <laughs> fucking get off on mavericks. selling shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and the way that they move and breathe and speak is right. very different than the way I do it because I sell my spaces as my authentic self. Mm-hmm. My Bronx Dominican ass self is right. who's going to sell those numbers. You know, and I just think it's interesting navigating and sometimes I find it hard and sometimes honestly it makes me feel a little self-conscious because I'm like wow I'm not even trying to be that aggressive or I'm not trying to come off as a certain way but because of how it's received it makes me feel like should I be smaller should right. I should I quiet down um, and it's a battle sort of right. fighting that dynamic and saying no actually you get to be who you are and they're the ones who need to be made to feel uncomfortable and they need to deal with that you don't actually have to deal with that mm-hmm. so um, I'm interested in hearing from you like you know what from the from the beginning like what was it like growing up and being a girl in the context in which you grew up in um it's interesting because uh 
I grew up, first of all, I was raised, um, my family was Muslim. Mm. Um, so I feel like I got a lot of like, <laughs> just kind of unique things yeah. kind of happening. Yeah. Um, and all of it go, all of it definitely goes into my comedy. Like, you know, I'm black. My mother, my mother is black. Uh, you know, my mother's side of the family, they're black from the South. Um, like my mom was born in New York, but my grandparents are from the South. Um, my father is Dominican and Puerto Rican. Like his mother is Dominican. His dad is Puerto Rican. Um, you know, my mom was, when my grandparents came down from the South, they, they joined the, uh, they joined the nation of Islam. Mm. Um, I was, my mom was born Muslim. I was born Muslim. My dad became Muslim. Um, so all those things play into my comedy, but they also play into, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of confidence that I have. Um, and I think it comes from being raised maybe not so much intentionally from my mom, but maybe it was a little bit intentional, uh, to have been like a black, a black Muslim in like the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties is a very like political and militant thing. Mm. You know, like it's a little bit different. We have it like black Muslims have a different identity than maybe, you know, Arab Muslims do or even African Muslims do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's a very like specific thing. Um, growing up with that has given me a lot of confidence. And even though I, I will say there are some things like I have a lot of pride, even though I don't necessarily exclusively identify as being Muslim, um, because I don't feel religious at all anymore. You know, mm. like I'm still very spiritual, but I don't um, like if someone's like, are you Muslim? I'm like, uh, sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no, mm. you know, because in practice, absolutely not. But there are like I I I strongly identify with my roots and I have a lot of pride in my roots. Now, I don't agree with everything that I've learned as a Muslim and as a, as a young Muslim woman. There are certain things that I don't care for. Like, I don't care for respectability politics in any way, mm. you know, um, or certain, certain uh, roles that people have to play. You know, there are roles that I maybe don't mind playing because that's me, but I don't feel like somebody who doesn't want to play into those roles just because they're a woman, like they're wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's a huge problem that I have with j just religion across the board is the way like men are supposed to conduct themselves and the way women are supposed to conduct themselves. Yeah. That being said, when it comes to the comedy, like I think uh, this is going to sound arrogant and I'm okay with it at this point um because <laughs> like at some point you just kind of have to you have to own things you have to be okay with being okay with shit you know yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to like make myself a little bit smaller a little bit quieter um to not to not express myself with as much you know confidence or whatever but I don't I don't I don't want to do that anymore I am funny mm -hmm. um I know that about myself I feel very secure about it. Whether or not I have a good set on any given night is, it's not, it doesn't affect me like how I feel about myself in a general sense, like of am I funny or am I it's not part funny? of the process. Right. Yeah. So that being the case, you know, I get this question a lot, like how does it feel being, uh, you know, a woman of color or being a woman in general in such a male dominated industry and such of this and such of that? Um, I don't, I'm not going to say that there aren't things that don't, affect me or affect but I don't feel like it's a detriment to me I feel so fucking unique 
I feel so unique because I know my voice, my background, the things that I bring to comedy, the things that I bring to my comedy at least, is so unique. Hmm. You know, like, who you know like me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there, but right now I, I feel like I'm, I'm representing us. Yeah. You know, I'm representing uh, black and Latino uh, people who grew up Muslim. Right, right. Very specific <laughs> thing. Who, who don't yeah. speak Spanish, who, who, stronger, who, who more strongly identify with being black than they do Latino because of certain things they went through with their dad and their dad's right. side of the family. Like, I'm representing those people right now. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case it's kind of like there's there's a strength a certain uh, strength that i feel from that a certain confidence and um you know i tend to take responsibility if i don't do well on any given night i try to take responsibility for it just personal just like mm-hmm. all right what did i do what didn't i do did i prepare blah 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 because i feel like that takes power from that takes power and puts it back into myself as right. opposed to being like well i'm a woman you know i know a lot of people i know a lot of uh you know, lady comics who maybe feel like, oh, you know, men are intimidated by funny women. No, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never really encountered that as it pertains to my people. I think white women feel like white mm. men don't find them funny because white men don't really validate a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're always invalidating people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and I'm speaking in a general sense, obviously not about like everybody, but for the most part, like. The people of color that I know that I've grown up with, like, we just look funny people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it ain't it ain't like you can't be funny because you're a woman. It you might not be funny just because you're not. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. I never had nobody mm-hmm. make me feel like, oh, I'm a. T-. If anything, like, I'm almost certain I'm the funniest woman that any dude I've ever been with, fucked with anything, has ever dealt with, and will ever deal with. Yeah. I can say I that with absolute confidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, it might not be true to be like, nah, I had one bitch who was a lot funnier than you. I mean, I like to beat her. But... Yeah. That's just how I feel. And I don't and I've never felt like somebody's been like, you know what? You know, I like Soraya, she's attractive, but she just too fucking funny, yo. That shit yeah. threatens me. Like right. I've never felt that way. And I don't feel that way in a general sense when it comes to um the black men in this industry. Are the same opportunities available all the time? Absolutely not. Mm. No. But I don't really step into spaces and feel like, oh, I'm a woman here, you know. <clears throat> as demure or as soft or as shy or feminine as I might be when I step down off that stage, it's still, when I, when I step onto it, when I step in these places, um, I'm aware of needing to carry myself with a certain level of, uh, of just like dignity and pride and strength mm. yeah. because that's, that's what I come from. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of our people come from. And I just feel like we're better able to be like, yo, I'm funny, so I'm doing this. And right. we don't have to be like, oh, well, I'm a woman in this industry and da da da. It's like, you know, being a woman doesn't even always just factor into it because women of color have to factor in their, their you know, intersectionalism, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if anything, I feel more where it pertains to matters of, like, race versus just gender. Just gender. Just which, gender. Yeah, which is one of the, the questions that I had, too. It's like, um, you know, what a, like, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face, not even just as a woman, but how does race play a role into some of your specific experiences that you have um race plays it it can play a large role for one thing a lot of the comedy that that i do you know it's based on my personal experiences and the the things that i think and feel and believe and i'm gonna be honest like you know white people i'm not feeling y'all yeah i'm not like individually there's there's some people I fuck with. You know, there's like right. ten, thirteen white people that's cool <laughs> on the planet. But collectively I feel like y'all like 
y'all just don't fucking get it. Yeah. Like I'd be, I'd be like, yo, throw the whole white people away. <laughs> just yeah. throw them away. Yeah. And let's do it. Let's do y'all over because yeah. there's a lot that's wrong there. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not stuff that's wrong with my own, but I'm just like, man, I cannot fuck with y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and that plays into my comedy heavily, but you know what? I don't really find that people like they know, hmm. they know, because hmm. even they not fucking with each other. They'd be like, "Damn, we oh, are yeah. a treacherous, right. yeah. awful yeah. ass." Just like, "Fuck, yeah. can we stop being this terrible?" And they they even do that thing where it's like, "Yeah, hmm, right, you know, like, right, you know, you know how white people are." <laughs> exactly. Yes, and you, included. yes, we do, <laughs> and you as well. Exactly, because you, you do uh, that shit too. Exactly, sometimes. Yeah. and you're and you're passing you're right. passing off your your disdain as just kind of like this casual like I know it's so terrible. It's like fucking do something about See, the it. The ones the ones that we like to hang around are the ones that we can just be like, yo, you're being mad white right now. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, and I like my out. white people white too. <laughs> I like my white people white. Like yo, be white, be you. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't try to be like me. I don't like that shit. Be white, okay? If you're gonna be white, be the whitest white you could white. <laughs> The whitest right. white that ever whited. Yeah. Be that person, Word. you know, because there's this sincerity in somebody just being themselves. And you know, we 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 all are ignorant to certain things. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. You can have your teachable moments, but um, but yeah, that plays that plays into a lot of what I do. There's certain spaces that I that I see that seem a lot more available to uh, white comedians mm. than mm-hmm. they do to others. And I'm just kind of like, uh, y'all motherfuckers act like we not the funniest people on this earth. Like, are you serious? Yeah. We just <laughs> funny off the back. Like, yeah. just yeah. on some, just on some like casual shit. Yeah. 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 Without trying. Yeah. So just I'm just like, like so you, you're not booking us on your fucking corny ass hipster shows. All right, cool. I hope your audience don't enjoy laughing. Right. <laughs> Right. It, no, a hundred percent. And I, I think it's so interesting with comedy because I'm when throwing you, mad think, shade right now. <laughs> it, it Sorry, whites. Uh, please book me on your shows. I right. love you. <laughs> but really, it's true. Like a lot of the comic greats that people can point to, like, yes, white people have them, too. But like, come on, bro. Like, you're going to tell me most of these comic greats aren't like ours. You know, even the ones mm. who have come to turn into something else. But, like Eddie Murphy ma- mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Richard Pryor, are you fucking kidding me? Even, you know, R.I.P. to Bill Cosby, but like even Bill Cosby, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the sense of like, right. you know, he got canceled and very rightfully so, right. but like he did in his fuckery also do things right. as a comic that were important, especially with the Cosby show and getting on there and fuck and Dave Chappelle's and the Chris Rocks and a lot of the new people and the Monique's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all these other people and the Steve Harvey's, the Cedric's, you but know, even the, the fact that like, there's uh, only, there's like one, yeah. e- e- like, like you, <laughs> I'm naming all these dudes, the Kings Wanda of comedy Sykes. and then Monique is, but the there's one. so many, like yeah. there's Maya so Rudolph. many, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think now. Gina yeah. Yashere. Listen, yeah. fucking Gina Yashere, if you ever listen to this podcast, I love you so much. Uh, I met her. Um, she's amazing. When I first saw her comedy, which, you know, shame on me, was not not very long ago. I was just like, okay. I have never, never, ever so strongly identified with another female comedian as, mm-hmm. I, as I have. like another, And even just another black female comedian as I do with Gina Yashere. Um, I really, really like her work. I love her voice. And I just feel like... And I, I hope this doesn't sound wrong, but it's just like, you know, you see yourself in somebody. Oh, huh? Just like, oh, yeah, like I can relate to that. 100%. Wow. Yeah. You know, the way she carries herself on stage, everything. So I hope she don't see me someday and be like, this bitch is biting my whole shit. Yeah. Um, 
but I really, really admire her. I really like her work. And but the, the thing is, is that like y'all don't know this because it's not put out there. But there's so many funny like black Latino female comics out there. Sure. There are so and I mean like killing it. Yeah. Not like just kind of like marginally funny where it's like ah you know I'm passable. I can get a little laugh here. I mean like yo. Like, like killers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you don't know about them. Yeah. Yep. That I'm shit's concerned. annoying. Yeah. Like the fact that we keep like no shade to the greats, to the to the old heads, you know, the people who came before us, but it's just like, okay, but we're in a different time now. There are other people. Right. There's mm, other people. How, why, we could only keep pointing to these same this like there's so much evolution that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a whole new wave. So it's just like I feel like those things are starting to be highlighted a little bit more now. You have certain shows on Netflix like the stand-ups. Um, there's another one I think I don't remember what the name of it is, but they're highlighting highlighting a lot more people who like I see out and about all the time, and I'm like, yes, okay, this right. person is getting on, yeah. good, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with like um, what's her name, Issa Rae, yeah. Oh, <sighs> She came along and fucking, I'm just like, you would have never thought that fucking, you would have never thought that like, (laughs) before Issa Rae, it's like you almost would have never even thought that like a a awkward, just kind of like maybe introverted, but extroverted, confident, but not, you would have never thought that kind of a black woman exists because that's not what they want to see. That's Mm -hmm. not what people want to see. You would have thought we was all just one way, Mm -hmm. just one way. And it's like, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. I, it, it's it really that level of enthusiasm is what's needed. And you're right. Like, I don't know a lot of comics that mm. need to, that I need to know, you know? And part of it is like, yes, I'm not going out there and looking for them, but I never went out and looked for the people who I can right. name. You know right. what I mean? Like, I never had to do that level of work. Um, and even in our spaces that we exist in, like for Skittles, like, you know, there's a lot of YouTubers out here who are doing really dumb, whack shit. Yeah. And like, Skittles is like, has his presence, you know what I mean? And is YouTube famous. But there's a whole other platform platform of visibility that Skittles right. deserves to be on because right. that's what he's worked his ass off to be and mm. if somebody does a cheap version of that and they're more marketable then like where Skittles fucking right. acclimates right. for all the work that he does and me as a writer like as a playwright like if there's somebody who writes something one day that is very similar to my work and is representing Latinos and they're not really really from my experience I'm gonna feel the biggest way and not just because like oh you know I wanted that spot but because I know that there are people who have power and influence who have seen me right. who have seen me but you will not support me or give me the platform and there's, you there's will a story there's else. a specific story that yeah. you have to tell yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know what I mean and so I get that and then for me and that's when I think about even in theater like theater as much as it is feeling and whatever is a male dominant space it is not Ugh. a female dominant space there are a lot of women doing incredible shit in theater and it is still male dominant and even there and like this is a whole topic for another you know podcast but like male and even though gender identity Mm -hmm. you know in in the theater community like it's interesting right because there's always that joke of like oh all the men are gay or secretly gay and some which is not necessarily true but Mm -hmm. even being a minority in that way and having yes gay men spaces but when they're white gay males their whiteness supersedes their ability to understand oh yeah being a, a group that's marginalized and so it frustrates me because then i'm like fuck and now not only am i navigating this male dominance 
space. Now you have a, a fucking ringer here and like you're also gay. And so now I don't want to seem like I'm minimalizing what I know your community goes through, but you are just like completely like right. obliterating mine. Right. You don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what, what you do, <laughs> how it affects black people. You just care about how, how much your board is going to like the show and keep donating and you can keep putting on these fucking productions and you'll fucking jerk off to Lin-Manuel to the, right. you know, his final fucking mm. note before putting on the 10, 20 other Lin-Manuel's that are running around, sometimes making pieces that, yes, are better than Hamilton. I said right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I never and saw we just Hamilton. Have and I still haven't seen it either, but I've heard, <laughs> I've heard a lot of the songs and people are always playing them. I don't the, understand it. It's, it's, it's good. But it's it's yeah. good. It's you know, and it is good. And, and so was the heights. But even the heights, like. But I so even so, that's right. always my controversial opinion right. amongst my music friends is that I feel like Hamilton is a sometimes whitewashed version of In the Heights. Like mm. In the Heights was like he took our culture and put it on stage. Mm-hmm. But then it and it popped off and it was successful. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I feel like he took In the Heights and then just put like white history in it mm. and then was like, oh shit, we're going to put people of color as white people. Right. Right. And, mix and it up. then, and that's what caught them. I'm that's tired what, that's of what made white people be like, <sighs> this is cool. But right. No, but bitch, he did it a whole nother musical ago. Like, right. you know, like, mm. and it wasn't about y'all. Yeah. But because it's about you guys now, you like it. Yeah, I'm so That's, tired of that. That was my feelings about Hamilton. Right, I Sorry. get that. No, I totally get that. And it's it, it's a double edged sword because you have these situations where it's like, oh, why can't we play a Spider Man or why can't we do a so and so? These are fictional characters. How come da 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 da? But then on the other side of that, I'm just like, why the fuck do we keep? Why we gotta keep doing? We have our own shit. Mm-hmm. We have our own shit. We have we even have our own fucking mythologies. Yes, we do. Yeah. We have our own our own uh, magic and and mysticism and things like that that a lot of people are not fucking aware of that are I mean they're, they're, the stories are, are rooted in, in our realities you know what I mean in our in our indigenous traditions and shit like that how come we don't have like honestly we don't have a fucking saga about the Orishas yet right y- y'all right. motherfuckers is creating Lord of the Rings which by the way I love I fucking love J.R. Tolkien I, I love that series but we don't have one right yeah. We can't have one. Oh, because uh, black people, we only operate in reality all the fucking time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm tired of this whole thing where it's like, oh, we have to, like, in order to get on, now we have to take something that's inherently kind of white, and now it's like, oh, we're going to do this too. You yeah. know, like, it's nice that there's a black, there's going to be a black Spider-Man. Do we need it? No. Yeah. Why can't we have our own fucking superheroes? Like, mm-hmm. let's stop remaking shit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's stop remaking white yeah. shit and being like, oh, include man. us too. Yeah. I'm tired of inclusivity shit. Yeah. I don't I don't need to belong. Yeah. I don't need to belong and fit into whiteness. Yeah. I want my own shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want our own fucking shit. And you can take part of it. Yeah. You know, you can take part of it and that's fine. But I'm tired of this whole thing where it's like we we just gotta we just gotta remake white shit. Yeah. Fuck, y'all shit ain't that fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck uh, y'all. <laughs> I say it all the time. Someone help me girl. heal my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, white people. <laughs> Yo, it's real. It's it's honest to God. What's it's what the vibe is right now. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Thanks for allowing me to do that. Of course, <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> so now we're gonna go into our dame loose section where you are going to give us a little bit of light and insight on something so this week jill scott got on stage and beautifully demonstrated yeah, how she may be sucking some dick as a person who is an advocate for women being out here sucking dick i felt 
dope. I felt that that was incredible. And I was so happy that somebody was able to do it publicly in a way where it's no longer describing through words what you would do, but actually showing it. Uh, And I also want to shout out Tina Turner because Tina Turner walked so that Jill Scott can fly. (laughs) There was a video of Tina Turner. Yes performing and she was doing something very similar similar to Ooh, that yeah um, i never knew that her quiver mm-hmm. i saw yeah, yeah. it I saw it's like it's person. an old video it's like right. back in the day so and, and, and was, let's not forget janet jackson oh and janet jackson yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kids. i yeah, mean yeah. shit yes i mean mm. even even homegirl who sang my neck my back with my oh yeah i feel like people it, it was very polarizing Trina. because i feel like a lot of people were like oh yeah yeah like like it's good for her but then other people were like that's not part of her brand. You know, right. people know her from like, why if did she's I get doing married? it, it's a part of her brand. You know? Yeah. I, and, but then a lot of like funny shit came out of it too. Like people were making like parody <laughs> videos of like <laughs> pretending to be like her ex-boyfriend calling her like trying to FaceTime her. Like, yo, I just want to know if I have another chance. <laughs> like, oh my and God. like her responding like, you will never understand. You will never mm, <laughs> Listen. So, so Soraya, what do you... Do you think that given this, like, do you think that this is a moment where women need to take notes and start like feeling empowered to suck more dick or (laughs) how about the women who are just like ill? I mean, I think everybody's here. You know, this is the weird thing as, as, uh, as sex positive as I am, um, you know, I, I was a sex educator for, uh, like a really popular toy store chain, Mm. um, for a couple of years. So I know the language. You know, um, I'm all about it. I'm all about liberation. I'm all about free sexual expression. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm against like respectability politics, but seeing the video, I think I saw it hyped up so much, you know, and like a lot of the people that I'm connected to via social media are other comedians, which is really fucking annoying, Mm. um, because they have to like, you know, I don't even know what a regular, yeah, Yeah, I don't don't know what other people are experiencing online at this point, you know, dealing with their friends or their family. I have that, but then I have mostly like other comedians. So it's just like something, get a topic gets fucking talked to to death before you're like, damn, I didn't even see the movie yet. Like, fuck. Right, 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 right. So by the time I was just like, oh, okay, what are we doing? Now, I'm very familiar with Joe Scott's work. You know, like, I love her music. It's very sensual. I think she's always been right. that way. Like, she doesn't strike me as someone who would be bad at fucking fellatio. Right. You know, like, <laughs> right. you don't strike right. me. Like, you strike... Right. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That all being said, when I saw the video, I was a little bit like... Ugh. It was a, it was a little what was annoying like to me wasn't serious. no it wasn't that serious and that's not to shade that's yeah, not yeah. to shade yeah. that's what I thought I've been for that sorry Loki well, I was like, like that's what I do I could do that and it's yeah, not yeah. it's not anti it's not anti yeah. Scott it's more yeah. just like are you you mean to tell me you you men are having such like y'all y'all are having these terrible fucking experiences where this is some nuanced shit to you right. that's like that's fucking dick sucking one on one like what right. are you doing here right. Right. why don't you speak up and say what the fuck you like so yeah. for me it was more just like a basic kind of thing where it's like yeah okay all right so she's yeah. looking at hand getting the balls wet all right she's playing with the tank cool yeah Th- like this is all shit that yeah. I know so yeah. I don't need to take notes yeah mm-hmm. I think I think if anybody else if if there are any women out there who took something away from it that's wonderful but this right. idea that it's like this ain't nothing new like bitches been knowing how to suck some dick like right yeah yeah why don't y'all ask what the fuck why don't y'all ask what y'all want ask for what you want but also men be better at sex because most women that i know most women that i know here's here's another part (laughs) have have invested time 
into actually educating themselves about what it takes to pleasure a male partner. Yes. They have gone to, women will take fucking classes. If there was a class in college that we could have taken for that shit, we would have because mm-hmm. we've been taught that it is really, really important to please you guys. Mm-hmm. So my thing is just like, y'all are all getting so fucking excited about this shit. Well, where, where, where's my video of fucking, uh, who, who do I like right now? <laughs> Where, where's my video of uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know, Ooh. air air cunnilingus sing something, you know, like I want to say, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, L. B. Jordan, I don't mean to, uh, I don't mean to objectify you like that, yeah. but um, uh-uh. but like, but you better shut the fuck up. I call him L. B. Jordan. <laughs> That's my name for him, <laughs> darling. I love you. If you listen in. <laughs> we in here. We got this. Creed two. I want to um, see common eat some pussy. He's hot. <laughs> I want to do see common. Oh, common do not do it for common me. Common sensual poetic ass can come eat some sensual mm, pussy any day. I would sit on his face in two listen. seconds. Well, that was my immediate reaction because I know that <laughs> Just like basic. It's like we've been doing like, this shit because my my immediate reaction was like. I know that, you know, 13-year-old, 12-year-old me was jerking off to watching Usher and Trey Songs and all these male artists literally bring a girl up and simulate mm-hmm. like they were fucking her. Right. So why was it this big deal when Jill Scott did it? Mm-hmm. Like, it, didn't, uh, it just didn't make sense. You know. Because she doesn't fit the typical narrative of what a supposed hoe is or what mm-hmm. a loose woman is. You know, you have you you have certain women who get to pass as being respectable and conscious and things like that. And then you have other women who don't get to do that. Yes. They get labeled hoes um, for different reasons. So that's why it was so like, oh, well. Meanwhile, it's like, we're just women. Yep. Joe Scott is, is a woman. Mm-hmm. She's a woman probably before anything else. You yep. know, like... This is just her. This is what she does. And and there's no, like, that's that's what bothers me about respectability shit. It's this idea that there's good women and there's bad women. There's thoughts. No. Newsflash. We all some fucking thoughts. Yeah. But thought doesn't <laughs> exist. Right. Being a thought, does that's not a that's real thing. Real. It does not fucking exist. Yeah. The same way, the same way, like, and, that, and this is what men need to be caught up to. You need, you guys need to wrap your minds around this idea that you are not the only, like, you're not the more sexual of our species. You you oh, tend to enjoy sex man, in greater yes. numbers. Yes. Women, I've noticed, tend to enjoy sex in, in better quality. Yes. We want quality. We want quality fucking. Yes. And, and we, we sometimes we want quantity fucking too, but we still want it to be quality. quality. You, y'all motherfuckers, it's like a numbers game. That's why y'all mm. so like, oh my God, this is some this is some out of world shit. And it's just like, no, this is yeah. basic shit. Yeah, 100%. And I will, I will even add to that, that like, the same way people are like, wow, Joe Scott. I feel like I've always had that experience. Like when I graduated high school and I was more loose at the mouth about sex stuff, people were like, whoa, Julissa, when did you get mm. so sexual? And I'm like, what do you mean when I got? I've been wet After since puberty? I was fucking, I can, <laughs> I've always been wet. I always used to get her. I always knew. I just didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't always feel comfortable. And then there came a point where I was like, oh, I'm comfortable saying this because I realized I actually don't give a fuck what you think about the fact that I like to do these things. So fuck you. But, uh, you know, a Jill Scott is also not the type of woman, and I I feel like I identify with this, that the guys are quick to jump on. So it's almost like, ooh, yeah, you know, it's the the big girls. It's the quiet, you know, the Mm. ones you don't expect. And so there was a lot of that stigma that I saw. Because they associate bigness with not not being sexual sexual enough so we have to compensate by being good oversexed you know i have to oversex ourselves so that it, it's worth him downgrading to my right. body type meanwhile we all ridiculous. fucking freaks yes 
Yes. Oh, oh, you a freak. Nick, we all oh, fucking freaks. freaks. Yep. yep. <laughs> if you bring, like, if we're, if you, here's the thing that a lot of men don't realize is that, like, if you create a space with a woman, with a partner that is comfortable, that is safe, where there's consent, there is, uh, there's space to, to explore, to be open, even if you don't want to engage in every single sexual activity, at least if you can talk about it and be open and honest, you will have somebody who will be willing to do things with you yep. that you guys can test the limits of your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Whereas so many guys operate in this space of very just like basic understanding of female anatomy, female pleasure, yep. their own fucking pleasure, mm-hmm. and they stop themselves from a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like they'll be sitting here thinking like, oh, this, this type of woman is sexy, or this type of woman is, you know, she wants to have a lot of sex. A lot of us do. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to push one narrative on women. But what they don't realize is like you not bringing that shit out of her. Yeah. You this probably not. You not freaky. Yeah. You're not explorative. You're not well versed on how to do certain things. You don't know where the clit is. Right. You don't know how to have right. fucking anal sex. You don't know that mm-hmm. a woman doesn't always self fucking lubricate. Yeah. You don't know these things. And because you don't know these very, very basic fucking things. No, I don't want to play with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm going to give you the basic ass shit because you're giving me basic ass dick. Yeah. Yes. Mm, I'm uh, gonna give you that basic uh, ass shit because you're giving me that basic ass, ass dick. dick. You heard it here first on Ladies and Brunch. Yes, yes. Soraya Ortiz, Ortiz Soraya. clan all day. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Pisces Ortiz gang. Ortiz funeral home. Yo. I just kill all of y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for having me. Of course. And tell us, where can we find you on social media? Shout outs, up and coming shows, things like that. Um, I am, okay, so I'm on Instagram as rye.uh. That's R-Y-E dot U-H. I'm on Twitter um, at Suraya. That's S-U-E underscore R-Y-E underscore U-H. Um, I have a show I have what's today? Is today Sunday? Today's Sunday. Shit, I'm losing track of time. <laughs> I have a show tomorrow at Lap Dance Saloon on the Lower East Side uh, at nine o'clock. It's free. You should get there early because um, it tends to get pretty packed. But um, I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that show. It should be a lot of fun. And um, I've got some some other projects coming up that uh, I can't exactly speak on right now. But nice. but 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 BX just just know. I fucks with y'all. BX? <laughs> I fucks with the BX. Nice. Uh, I, I got a love-hate relationship with y'all, but I fuck with you. And um, BX. Yeah, it's our time. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's our fucking time. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, and you can follow us at Ladies Who Bronche on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Ladies Bronche on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for listening this week. And until next time, Bronche. Bronche.